And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papanuta, papanuta.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Contraman Ali of thecontraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic on love and control spells, differences, and strategies. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work, as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and call to the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Ms. Cat and Contraband Ali. Ms. Cat. Hi, thank you, Papa Newt, for that lovely introduction. It's nice to be here and nice to be on the air. Um, We missed last week because we were off at a a meeting of our railroad club, and we're coming up onto the summer season now. We're the fourth Sunday of every month. I'm usually not going to be on the air. We'll have either replacement guest hosts or we will do a rebroadcast depending on what we can pull together. But... um, that's the summer. Winter, we're here every weekend. And if I'm not here, don't worry. You guys will get along just fine. You'll have Papa Nude, <laughs> Conjurman Ali, and who knows who else will be co-hosting and who knows who else will be guesting. But I want to thank everybody for their patience while we were gone. So um, today I, you know, as usual, want to report on what's going on at our sponsor's shop, namely the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. Things are cooking along. We're a little short-staffed today. I beg you, just don't phone them. They're too busy right now. <laughs> We're down two people, and the phone's been ringing, and uh, er- those two people are trying to you know, uh, do something else with their life. They are not in the shop, and so we have only, I think, uh, three or four people in the shop, so it's a uh, It's a mess. Don't phone today. Call tomorrow, please. (laughs) Let them do the work handling the walk-in customers because it's the weekend. Well, other than that, the shop is just cooking along, and I I trust all is going well. Um, We have been working very hard on the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Now, that is not a Lucky Mojo project. I'm shifting gears, shifting hats to the AISC, the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, who every year put on a festival. And that festival is held on the lawn in front of my house, which happens to be next door to the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. But it's an AISC event. And this is the last one that I will be hosting at my house. There may be other uh, members of the AISC who want to host Hoodoo Heritage Festivals, and I've promised them I will show up as a presenter 
if they do host them. But I've been hosting it for 12 years, and this is my last year, my 12th and last year hosting them. So the festival is coming together very well. We've been having tech meetings about the festival every Tuesday. Papa Newt can speak up and say, yay, he's been part of them. Yay! Um, yay! <laughs> uh, sister, um, excuse me, not Sister Girl, Lady Muse has been one of our um, helpers, uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, John St. Germain, and, um, of course, good old Nagashiva, and um, Deacon Millet. And so we've been putting together the festival. We we have a ways to go. We're down to the last few weeks. Time to buy your tickets if you have any hope of getting in. Um, we do still have tickets for sale. Um, this festival is unlike any other. It is not um, about us. It's not about our egos. It's about teaching. And there are workshops galore on many aspects of folk magic and divination and folk religion. And uh, you can head on over to hoodooheritagefestival.com and you can check out the speakers, presenters. But there's going to be a lot going on. There are free books that is free of additional charge. If you buy a ticket, you get these books and get to take them home. There are craft supplies. We will be making things. And um, I really hope that uh, that all of you who hear this, who have an interest in studying, if you want to ever want to learn how to make a, a Jewish amulet bowl, or if you ever wanted to learn how to um, catch some good luck, or how to do numerology for yourself and your friends, both for character analysis and to find lucky numbers. Or if you ever had an idea or an interest in crystal gazing or wondered how do people work in the Catholic religion doing folk magic that is not religious per se. There's so much going on at these workshops. We just teach everything we know. Um, and there's going to be a, just a, a wonderful outpouring from the community because it's the last one. Okay? So... If you've never been to one of these, you should come up. Now, I notice in the chat log, um, running through my screen right here, that um, Domestic says, can't wait. So you're going to be there, Domestic. How lovely. Domestic comes a long way to be with us. Miss Athena says, wonderful agenda for learning new things. Miss Athena, who's an admin of the Lucky Mojo Forum, is going to be coming a long way to be here. Um, Cousin Joshua says, yay, apprenticeship. Oh, yeah, i got to mention the apprenticeship. Thank you, Cousin Joshua. Mm. In the week before the festival, graduates of my course can come. They have to arrange their own room and board. They get to study with me hands-on for five days. This is my best way of transmitting my 50 years' experience as a reader and a root worker. So if you want to learn from me in person, this apprenticeship which runs from May 6th to May 10th, is where you should do. It doesn't cost a thing. It's absolutely free, but you got to have been a graduate of my Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence course. And it's also a good idea to call the shop, call them on Monday or Tuesday, and to tell them that you intend to show up. you got to arrange your own room and board, five days, and it's a solid, free experience. And why is it free? Well, it's free because I just don't, really care a lot about money. I My mortgage is uh, paid. <laughs> I'm just here. Um, and I was taught for free as a young girl by many, many people in the hoodoo community who spent the time to teach me, and I wanted to pass it on. 
So, yeah. Papa Newt's going to be there, I believe. Um, Tony I says hi. Hi, Tony I. He's going to be at the festival, I know. And um, the um, apprenticeships will continue after the fen- after the festival leaves my lawn. In other words, I will continue to do apprenticeships as long as there's a call for them and I'm uh, capable and interested, which seems like going to be a while. But the festivals, that's it. This is the last one that I am hosting. So if you ever wanted to come out and see what our festivals are like, now is the time. All right, well, that's it for what's going on around here. Uh, let me bring in my co-host, Conjurman Ali. How are things with you? Things are going quite well. I've been busy as usual. Uh, I'm very excited to hear about the festival. And most importantly, I'm really excited about the books that are coming out. Um, I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on those. Um, I'm a, a bibliophile. I just ordered bu- ordered just a, a crap ton of books just earlier this week. Um, but I, I'm very much looking forward to it. In particular, uh, I'm a big fan of the book, a black and white book of Marie Laveau, which you've uh, redone, and the C.S. Alexander book that we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You got me all excited about it because I'm I'm quite a fan of both Alexander and Atkinson, uh, so I'm mm-hmm. looking to add that to my collection. Oh, I think you're going to love it, and if you like oh, art, good. you're going to love it too because it's got some beautiful <laughs> artwork in it. Oh, Thank good. you for mentioning those books. That's very nice of you, very, very uh, cooperative. And I did not mention them, so I'll just quickly say that the books are Secret of Numbers Revealed by yeah. Dr. Roy Page Walton um, with other people's names like Louis de Claremont plastered all over it for reasons that are explained inside the book, half by him, and then the other half of the book is by me, all put together in one package. Um the Secrets of the Crystal Silence League by um, Claude Alexander Conlon and possibly his ghostwriter, um, William Walker Atkinson. Let's just say I've got a 90% certainty rate on that one. And <laughs> that book is just an, an amazing look at divination, at um, at sending and receiving prayers, what we sometimes would call um, mental telepathy or silent influence, and also um, self-transformation through meditation and um, control of the mind, of the emotions, and the body. And Mm. um, Claude Conlon really emphasized this aspect in his work. It seems very simple, but he has you do exercises just to move your fingers. Now, he was a stage magician, so moving his fingers was very important. But you sit there and try to do those little exercises, you'll find yourself realizing it's going to take a good three to six months to even do the little finger exercise that he tells you to do. And yet he says that if you are going to be a master, you have to be able to control everything. And that's your breathing, your fingers, your feet, whatever. And it's a it's a fantastic book that really brings mm-hmm. so much together in the field of reading and root work because he was a reader and root worker. And um, then the red folder, that's the big one. That's going to be... Um, Oh, my gosh, it's 136 pages with about 48 uh, contributors, mm-hmm. all of them people who have presented at the festival before, all of those flyers from past festivals uh, and uh, from uh, the last five years or so. And uh, and it's going to be the last of its type, too, because I'm not presenting these festivals anymore. I'm retiring. I'm 72, 
I told people for five years that I'd retire when I was 72, so that's it. You got it. (laughs) The red folder is amazing. It is amazing. It is a little dip into every kind of spell, every kind of um, divination system, every kind of spirituality that we have presented Mm -hmm. at these festivals in the last uh, half decade. So you're all going to love that, I think. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And Black and White Magic of Marie Laveau, um, what a wild trip that one is. Um, basically ghostwritten by the famous African-American novelist, Ori Neale Hurston. But she never mm-hmm. got credit until I gave her credit. I believe it's it's um, it's one of these things that's just um, far out. It's a far out book. So, All right. Thank you for um, for making me mention those and go into them. And um <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know me. We get a little bit of talk about books is always good. Oh well, books, books, books. I mean, I'm a I'm a book person. I really am. Um, and the the red folder is the companion to the black folder, and we will be giving away free copies of the black folder at the festival at a at a we have a raffle. Basically, it's a free ticket, and if you win, if you're lucky, you win and you get a black folder for free. So that's a twelve dollar value to a few people. Okay. And of course there's meals, there's everything. Just go to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival and figure it out. We got meals, we got drinks, we got a presenter's banquet which we're going to go to a beautiful hotel restaurant and and have a lovely banquet. It's a it's a thing not to be missed and it's our last one. It's a whole right. experience. It is. And you get to meet professional root workers. One of the nice things about these festivals is that this isn't um it isn't just a bunch of professionals gabbing to themselves and uh, having mm-hmm. drinks in a bar, and it isn't just a bunch of newbies sitting there being, you know, spoon-fed um, beginner stuff from some authoritarian figure. This is a collaborative, collective community project, and it all comes mm-hmm. together, and we're all in it together. And you don't have to be a professional to attend, but you'll meet a lot of professionals, and you'll learn how to become one if you want to. Or you can just get a reading from a professional and just touch up a little bit of your spell work. It's it's a lot of community outreach. It's really a nice event. All righty. Well, thank you very much for that, Contraband Ali. And now we're going to go to our guest. So we have with us today Sister Girl. So welcome to the show again, Sister Girl. Thank well, you. Welcome, Hi. welcome. <laughs> And uh, in the in the run up to the show, while we were talking in the virtual green room, as it were, um, Sister Girl mentioned she had never been on the show with Contramanali before. So this is the first. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. All righty. So Sister Girl, I want you to start first of all. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, where your website is, and how people get and get in touch with you. And then we're going to get to the topic. Okay, but but let's just have a little bit of self-promo here. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I grew up in the Bay Area, born in Oakland, raised there, um, but went to school, um, you know, uh, back east. And um, then settled down in L.A. for a while, Los Angeles for a while, um, and I was just living my life normally, but I was always fascinated by what spirituality, astrology, um, er- herbs, herbal remedies, and also just, I guess what you could call magic. Uh, I started mm-hmm. reading tarot cards for myself maybe, you know, 15, 20 years ago, just, to, just playing around, just to try to figure it out. 
Um, and but I never really. I would always seek out reading because I I believe in being able to determine um, events by patterns. That's what I believe mm-hmm. in. I think there mm-hmm. are patterns uh, in that you and if you know how to read them, you can determine things that will happen. And I, that's just the, um, something I went I, I went from there. Um, about in in 2005, I um, actually. Was went for a reading and I had my first Lukumi style shell reading, mm-hmm. and the way that reading, the the revelations in that reading made me really intrigued because I said, because the shells knew things or the the reader was saying things to me that no one would know, ever mm-hmm. about me, and I and it was different from any card reading I'd ever received, so I was intrigued and I started studying. And that's when it came out to came down that I should be initiated, and I did. I went to Cuba to initiate, and um, then I have been continuing my you know my religious studies in the um, Lukumi tradition and the Yoruba tradition. And um, mm-hmm. then I actually um, met you guys um, mm-hmm. a few years ago, and uh, I I really got interested in hoodoo and root work because I, I mean, my family is from Mississippi and Alabama. So it mm-hmm. felt like a very um, important way for me to connect my recent history to my mm-hmm. ancient history. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With, the, with the Yoruba tradition. So mm-hmm. all the traditions sort of came together that way. And so now um, I put out my shingle. I give readings. Um, and I ask that people book on sistergirlconjure.com. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, the way I see it is this. I, I, I don't intend to be a full-time, you know, big, bad hoodoo mama, you know. But <laughs> what I, how I see it is I see it as a community service that I offer mm. to people. I have other work that I do. I'm not looking to make a living from spiritual work because you never know when people need spiritual work and you don't want to force it on people. Um, but I, I try to offer assistance. I try to shift energy so people can have the things that they need or want and um you know it's a, it's a community service and that's that's how i look at it mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. Thank, although, although i do charge I all of that. I do, Be- yeah. oh go ahead i'm sorry I, well i don't want to make it seem that i don't charge because i do so it's it's my intention is community service based but i do charge mm-hmm. <laughs> i see okay so um so this is this is a a look at one root worker. Now of course there are dozens of root workers in there, but um when you work with a root worker, get to know who they are. If if this resonates with you, someone who mm-hmm. is born in Oakland, family from Mississippi and Alabama, has been reading cards 15 to 20 years, has been studying hoodoo and is initiated in Lukumi, uh African diasporic religion, this is a reader that you can trust to take you Mm-hmm. where you want to go with those kind of qualifications. One of the nice things about air is that everybody's mm-hmm. different. There's no one cut and paste, you know, we don't all look the same and, and don't all and act someone, the same. And someone who's community-oriented. Yes, and community-oriented. That's real important, too. And I added also, because I know this, too, that uh, Sister Girl is bi-coastal. 
She is um, between New Orleans on the Gulf Coast and Los Angeles on the Pacific Coast, and she actually travels between those two places. So you can uh, maybe catch her either place, but of course you can always catch her via some electronic method such as the the telephone, Skype, email, uh, Facebook, and on her website. Okay? All right. Now, Sister Girl has brought us a topic. And that is love and control spells, differences and strategies. So I'm just going to bring in a little bit of um, uh, idea here about love and control. Now, love spells come in a lot of flavors, I guess you could say. There are the pleading love. There is Mm -hmm. the confident, I'm expecting new love. Um, Mm -hmm. Back in my course book, there's a whole thing where I do a whole diagnostic rule out on what kind of love client you have, right, for people who are in this business professionally. So what she's talking about today is love and control. Now, love and control is one of those topics that drives a few people uh, into the jitters and the freakouts. You know, they just go, oh, 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 no, 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 you can't have love and control. You have to just accept what God gives you. Well, some do, some don't. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to speak either way. The worst thing, I will say, the worst thing is when love started spontaneously and it begins to slip away and the person tries to use control to bring back the love. No, that's bringing back control love. Not mm-hmm. You're not returning to the primary first state. But there are people to whom that's fine. Okay, I, he, he wandered a little and I have to control him. Boop, he's controlled. Okay, that's it. There's another kind of love control which starts as love control. It's like mm-hmm. uh, we just had a guy in the forum. Just uh, today I answered his question. He's going to go out on a first date with somebody, and he wants this lady, and he wants to know how to control her. He wants sex. He wants it with this lady, and uh, that's what he wants. And he wants to control her to get to the point where she will have sex with him on a first date. Okay, no problem. We know how to do that. So that's love control. There's also love control for a number of other reasons, to keep a person from wandering, to change a person's mm-hmm. mind. Maybe that person doesn't want to have children, but you do. you got to control them. Maybe that person won't pick up behind themselves and they just leave their, their clothes on the floor. Well, you want to control them to make them pick up after themselves. So there are many reasons to control love that don't have to do with necessarily sadism, but that's a whole other issue. There are people in the BDSM community for whom love and control are intimately tied up, and they're going to want to always do love and control. Now, that was my intro. Now, take it away, sister girl. Well, that's a really interesting perspective. This topic came to me because I noticed um, lately, I feel like a lot of people have been contacting me, mostly mostly women have been contacting Mm -hmm. me for love work, but really, this what they want is control work, mm-hmm. and mm. uh, because they want to control the outcome of the situation, they want a specific person to be uh, with them, to contact them, to to love them, and, and yet um, I think they're too embarrassed or unwilling to say that they want to control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I think there are cases uh, where control is useful uh, because maybe you've been married for 30 years and your partner has kind of gotten gone off the deep end and you want to control the situation until you can get some finances together and figure out what you're going to do. But I don't think that it's appropriate for someone if you're just dating and they're just wandering and you just want them to be with you 
that that disturbs me a little. But there mm-hmm. is, um, I think there is a place for control, but you got to be careful because I, what I've seen is when you do do the controlling work, you can control them. But you know, people don't like to be controlled, and the spirit, their spirit knows they're being controlled, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so they're not just going to be sweet and loving you while you're controlling them. They might be mm-hmm. really angry and mean to you and, and not going anywhere. <laughs> so I, you have to I, kind of know what in, you're asking yeah. for. I, I'm going to jump in with something. Love and control are like the petals on a Venn diagram. Yes. Um, you can have control also overlap with your boss. And you don't love your yeah. boss, but you're yeah. going to control your boss. Mm-hmm. You can have love overlap with sex magic or they can all three overlap. You know, whatever it is you want, you you're going to assemble out of these overlapping ideas the lifestyle that you want. Mhm. Mhm. Well, I mean, love falls upon a, a sort of spectrum that I call the influence domination spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And a love magic falls within that. I mean, if you're doing attraction work, you aren't doing some influence work. Now, mm-hmm. you know, it's not heavy-handed. It may be very slight it's so that they, you know, this potential partner sees you in a particular light. They see you, uh, you know, your best qualities, etc. That's, you know, one approach to it. And then there's more extreme approach, more coercive, uh, domineering, binding, etc. Interestingly enough, the, the latter seem to be the most popular form of lo- love magic in the sort of pre-modern world. Anyone who's read a sort of uh, medieval grimoire or uh, magic from the late antique world or the Mediterranean world will find that almost almost all the magic was really coercive for a period of time. And there's a quite a famous Egyptian uh, Greco-Egyptian spell that involves uh, calling a person's name and their ancestry, their mother, and so and so, and then asking Typhon, who is this kind of monstrous being, to harass them until they fall deeply in love with you. Uh, so the coercive magic has kind of a long history here, but it really falls within this spectrum. And knowing when to use what form of magic or how heavy your influence is will determine how successful you are. If you think that you're going to reach for a domination spell with this person you've just met, that doesn't always necessarily mean that it's going to lead towards love. And so what I tell clients is that love, love magic kind of has three forms. There's the attract and inflame type of magic, that is to increase passion with a person to make for some person like you or to draw a random person or to draw in your perfect lover, etc. Then the sort of the maintenance form of love magic that's nurturing. Uh, let's foster passion between two partners, encourage faithfulness and loyalty and communication and good sex and whatnot. And then there's the coercive binding approach. This person is unruly and I must dominate them or, or I'm or I'm, you know, worried about power dynamics in this relationship. It kind of falls into three categories, and you have to determine where you feel comfortable and also what's right for you and your situation. It's not a one spell, you know, solves all. I mean, I don't know how many clients, both of you can attest to this, is they come to you and ask for reconciliation work, and the first thing they ask, in tranquil spirit, right? Or, right. or oh, go straight I, for I, it. I know, that's a that's a terrible one. I want to jump back to something really interesting you said about medieval and Greco-Roman coercive magic. And we also see this in Scandinavian trolldom. The yeah. reason that so many love spells are coercive, and you can even find them like in books like Legends of Instance, Urban Oil Magic, which draws oh. upon medieval and Renaissance sources, 
The reason for this has to do with socioeconomic and cultural uh, issues of the time and place, so that yeah. marriage would require a dowry in some cultures. And if you mm-hmm. could not get the pay the dowry, you had to basically get that woman to have sex with you. But for her, with no birth control, if she has sex with you, she might get pregnant and be shamed for life and ruin her life forever. So she needs to coerce you to marry her, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a push and pull because of the power imbalance between women and men and the cultural um, prerequisites before people got to have sex. If you have a nice, I would call it a nice Margaret Mead-style fictional Tahiti, well, you can just have sex. It's okay, right? But <laughs> but love is a, is a factor in sex. Sex is a factor in love. They're not completely overlapping. They're like little petals on a Venn diagram, too. But mm-hmm. the reason there are so many older coercive spells isn't that people were meaner then. It's that they lived mm-hmm. in cultures where sex was fraught with danger because of no birth mm-hmm. control. And yep. and marriage was hedged about with money because of the dowry issue. So yeah. this idea, if you read some of the old trolldom spells, well, you know, you go and you get the something from the lady and you put it in the church door where the where the door closes and you close the door on it it's like asking for a for a pseudo marriage because the church is where you would be married and now you've exactly. got to jam together in this in the in the door there you know these kinds of things are are very specific to the cultures that originate them mm-hmm. so in hoodoo we have um a, a culture that was marked markedly deformed from what we might call an idealistic or prototypical culture of equality, some sort of Mm -hmm. Rihanna Eisler, sort of the chalice type, you know, fabulous, perfect culture. Um, Mm -hmm. It was markedly deformed by slavery. Yeah. That the power dynamic was even worse in slavery than it was Mm -hmm. in medieval Europe because not only were women powerless because it was a male patriarchal environment but men were powerless and so it it was um the, the use of coercive love in hoodoo shows the marks of the time and the place in which hoodoo originated yeah. and yeah, it's it's difficult for modern people people of color and not of color to look at that with kind of a and go well what was wrong with these folks you know why are they so right. angry and doing all this course of work? It's not because they're angry. They're trying to break artificial boundaries that were set up around love. Yeah. Um, if you were a slave woman and you wanted your master to love you and not sell you off, and you know what I mean, or not sell your children, there was a tremendous amount of of uh, incentive to do course of love spells. If mm-hmm. you were a slave man and you wanted to have your wife not be uh, uh, forced into having sex with others and you wanted to kill those other people and make her have to be enforcedly faithful, there was incentive for that, to have Mm -hmm. sex across racial boundaries and across um, socioeconomic boundaries was so difficult in the 19th century, not just for African slaves until emancipation, but for people of all immigrant classes and statuses. Um, Mm -hmm. The the coercion for Jews to only marry Jews and only those yeah. from the same town in Poland, right? Mm-hmm. The coercion for Catholics to only marry Catholics. And yet you see someone and you're attracted 
now you're attracted to this gal you saw. She's she's um, in the department store, and, and she's a, a clerk in the department store. She's just got a job. The first time women have been able to have a job, and you want to have sex with her, and you want her to love you. But wrong class, wrong, mm-hmm. and by wrong, I mean according to what you were trained, wrong class, wrong skin tone, wrong religion, and maybe mm-hmm. doesn't even speak the same language you do in the household, and you're, you, you feel this urge Magic will help. So coercive mm-hmm. magic comes out of oppression, yeah, because in the, I, in the ideal, in the ideal fictional Margaret Mead Tahiti, let's just all have fun, okay? Let's all have fun. Right. Well, I mean, coercion magic is fundamentally about reversing an imbalance in power dynamics. People who reach for coercive forms of love magic or domination or or some form some form of controlling love work do so because they feel powerless themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a valid, justified reason. A woman who is in a desperate situation, a wife, a mother who's in a desperate situation, financially in a poor situation, uh, relying on a husband who is wandering and, do, you know, uh, threatening the safety and security of the family, she has every right and is justified to call out and do that type of work because there is an imbalance in that family and it needs to be right at that power dynamic needs to be fixed. I mean, one of the most powerful uh, kind of herbs to do that is, is rosemary. And what is rosemary's power? It's to give right. women power in the household. Right. Well, and then now cut, cut two. Go ahead. Say that again. Uh, uh, what were you saying? No, no, please continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, okay. No, you were, you said, he said rosemary and that it gives women power. Um, and there's other ones, like Queen Elizabeth root gives women power. That's, the reason there are so many of these women power roots is because the women are at the bottom of the chain. And black women are at the very, very bottom, right? So they are the ones most likely to want to do coercive magic because, as Ali said, and he, he summed it up, powerlessness is what leads to that desire because love should flower, and it's a, mm. I'm going to just be right out here. It's a kind of a white privilege to things like, I don't do love magic because I will find the one I love. Well, great. That's really cool. Good luck. <laughs> but you mm. have to be in a position of privilege to be able to make that statement. Well, a lot of well, my uh, clients that are asking for that type of work are generally immigrant clients. I see a lot of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a lot of the the millennial, well, so the millennial group now are younger people now who kind of everything moves fast and love Mm -hmm. work takes time. It takes a long time. You mentioned that it has to flower. So it it does take time. It takes repetition and people don't seem to have patience for that anymore. So that's really interesting that you're making the cultural like um, connections to, to empowerment. So what does that mean for the young people of today who just want it fast so they just want to control it how does that tie together well that that's interesting because see i would put Mm -hmm. that on the instant sex world see again Mm. love and sex are separate and so um if i mean we all understand um if we're all free of the floor if we can all move about freely and we are on on a, a more level playing field we could just run into somebody, fall in love with them in 30 seconds, have sex with them, and live with them for the rest of our lives, or break up with them in a half an hour, whatever we wanted. So the millennial generation is more empowered, but it, it is not any less sexually driven. 
And the oh, question is... Oh, and it's also is, not any less oh, um, can, I, can I finish, any please? Can I, I, I'd like to finish, please. Okay. It is not any less, less sexually driven. And the first thing you need to teach your younger clients is, are they interested in sex or in love or both? Because there are different spells for those, and they can be overlapped. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. okay, go ahead, Ollie. I didn't mean to shut you down. Go ahead. No, 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 no. That's fine. I, I, I already said what I, what I was going to say is that the millennial generation isn't any less prone to, to, to feeling, you know, forlorn or yearning or whatnot than any other. In fact, it, it has a lot of similarities with the lost generation—a sense of kind of hopelessness. And so, you'll, I'm not surprised that you we see a lot more desire for coercive work within uh, millennials. But I wanted to ask both of you is as, as a strategy towards. Uh, this type of work is how do you approach it with clients? I know for me, I tell my clients that influence is best done in kind of increasing increments. It, you don't start off trying to dominate someone. You start off slowly and you work little by little to influence, to sway, uh, adding pressure. So a lot of the kind of kind of coercive love work that I do involves increasing pressures on things. So it's literally, literally turning on the heat, placing someone, for example, uh, in honey in a pan and then slowly warming up that honey and increasing that heat until you get the fires really going, things along those lines. Well, I always know, start with sweetness. Yeah. 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 I See, I'm, I have Uranus, uh, the planet Uranus, at my ascendant. So some of this is moot for me because I always fall in love instantly. I don't. I don't get the developed developed thing. I just don't have it. I've never had it. I. I. It's just. It's just what it is. Um, there was an old song when I was a kid called "Just One Look." That's all it took. That's me. So you can't. It's not a one size fits all, and it's not necessarily millennials versus anybody else. It's like to me, if I'm going to fall in love with somebody, boom, I'm falling in love with them. Now, cousin Joshua asked a question. I want to really quick answer it. How do we tell a person? Uh, for a time limit to see the work bear fruit. Um, and I am going to run past the bumper music here because I really think this is an important question he asked. Um, I wouldn't um, say one way to set a time limit, but I will give you some ideas. Um, if a person's been working for new love with someone and it doesn't develop in three months, eh, forget it, on to the next. There's 7 mm. billion people on the planet, just on to the next one. If they had a love affair and it went bad, I would kind of do a proportional um, time. In other words, they were together ten years, give it a year. If they were together a month, give it two weeks. You know, I mean, you can't you can't work for more than half the amount of time. And if after a certain number of decades, you're not going to be having enough time in your life to work for half the amount of time that you were together. So, and I usually set those dates or tell people that they should choose the date. I don't set the date for them, but I set them as an array of dates to pick from, and that array mm-hmm. usually is. New Year's, because that's the uh, adult dating date. The person's birthday, if that comes first or after, whatever, um, that if that person isn't with you on their birthday and doesn't have a good reason for it, they're telling you something. They don't want to be with you. And um, and then your birthday is another one. If they were not, and, and then the anniversary of when you met or the anniversary of when you first fucked or whatever that might be. Those are some of the important dates that you might want to pick. And you can usually with a a client who's having difficulty understanding it, they'll blow through the first couple of dates. Um, well, we met on the 4th, 4th of July, but his birthday is September 5th. 
right? So, all right, I just want, you know, and then September 5th, they go, oh, but but maybe we'll be together on New Year's. Now, you just blew through half a year, chick, you know? So I would not tell, keep me as a root worker. They can keep on doing this forever, but they're going to find another root worker. So it isn't so much me giving them a, a date, but once we have an agreement that I'm working for them for that amount of time, and then they blow through one or two of them, okay. But half a year, that's too much for me to take. And I say, you know, I'm not serving you well. You're not listening to me. Good luck. Adios. That's how I do it. So that's an answer to Cousin Joshua. I'm sorry that took so long, but it was an important question. And Cousin Joshua is um, a professional, and uh, these kind of discussions are important among professionals, I think. All right, now it's time for Papa Newt. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conchon Ali, and this week's special guest, Sister Girl, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let your announcer, Papa News, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the post and take our first caller, and our first caller is a first-time caller calling in uh, from area code 802 in Vermont. This is uh, Mona. Mona, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. I have, welcome a, to the I have a sinus infection, so... I'm sorry that I sound so funny. <laughs> oh, I, I wish you a speedy recovery. And, Thank you. Uh, I see that you have not had a reading with uh, Ms. Kat, Conjurement or any other readers and root workers on this situation. Is this correct? That is correct. All right. Thank you. And Mona writes, I am considering meeting uh, meeting in real uh, uh, in real life someone that I have known uh, online for four years. We have gotten serious in the last year. I have concerns about if this person is being truthful with me. Am I the only one he's wanting to meet, or has he been arranging to meet others too? Turn it back to you, Miss. Wow. Oh, appropriate, <laughs> Mona. That's. Uh... That's incredible. That's just exactly what um, what we've been talking about. And um, new love, finding love, and how to tell if love is good, and whether you should do some work, coercive work, to try to get that person to comply. Um, I'm going to say one thing um, that I, I would just want to add. I met my husband after four years of hanging out online together. And oh, wow. um yeah, it was um and we we did not um have a flirtation particularly or maybe I should say our flirtation was based on the oddity of our personalities which meshed perfectly. I knew he was serious about me if he, he when he asked if he could archive my Usenet posts and I said yes and then he asked, Can I correct your typos when I make these archives? <laughs> And I knew that sex was going to happen. I mean, seriously, that's the kind of people we are. We're unusual. I knew, oh, well, uh, any guy who could, I mean, to me, to say, yes, you can correct my typos, I mean, that's almost the same as saying you could fuck with me, you know? Not quite, but, you know, we're getting very close there. So, um, which is why, by the way, I've done best with gay editors, because I just don't want to get too involved. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that's not a joke, by the way. 
I like my work okay. to be edited by gay men because it leaves the sex out of it. Because for me, having someone correct my typos is very intimate. Okay. So anyway, four years, people are weird. Don't worry about that. Now, the real question you have is, um, is he um, trying to meet other people? So I'm going to just um, do a quick uh, little look up here. Okay, first of all, I find that you're an anxious person. I have the card, the Nine of Swords. Nine of Swords shows a woman waking up single bed, like a little narrow bed. She's had her heart broken before. Carved on the side of her bed is a image of a sword fight. One person has been stabbed through the heart. Is trying to hold the sword from getting into their heart, but they're falling backwards. You've probably suffered some disappointment in love in the past. Is that true? Um, I did meet... Another guy, I met him, and we were together a total of seven years, three years online every single day. And then we were together in four, four years in real, and he died. So that mm. was when he died in 2014. So I'm a little leery to go yeah. through all this again. Yeah. Well, I see that because this oh. is a woman waking up crying from a nightmare. And um, it's a sad, there's sadness here. This person is, like like in the picture, there's this, this you know, damage happening here. And um, so you have been marked or scarred by unfortunate events, and um, they've taken a toll on your resiliency. The woman is crying, and um, she has a beautiful comforter or quilt, which has roses embroidered all over it, and also all the signs of the zodiac, which means many people, people of different signs. Behind her in the sky are nine swords, and these stand for sorrows. So um, I was right. This card does indicate that your past is making you a bit more sad, maybe more anxious, maybe a little bit um, less um, optimistic than you could be. Okay? The next card is a very good card. It's called the Wheel of Fortune. And it shows that um, people uh, are uh, rising and falling on this wheel in the middle of the sky. And the one who is rising is a a man, a priest of the dog-headed or wolf-headed god Anubis of the ancient Egyptians. But you can tell it's a human being, but he's got on a headpiece that looks like a dog or uh, wolf head. And uh, Anubis, like a dog, is a faithful companion. And um, so this is the time of the faithful companion is on the rise. And in the corners, there are four angel, angelic beings. They are animals. They are a bull, a lion, an eagle, and a man with wings. And they have books, and they are reading in the books. This does say that you might want to do some investigation, reading in the book of this man's life. You want to find out more about this person's life. But um, it's a good card generally because it says he has the potential to be a good companion. It doesn't say that this is going to result in a marriage. It's not like, wow, it's all perfect, right? But it does show that there is a good fortune here. The third card is a lovely card. It's another nine. It's the nine of pentacles. And this one shows a beautiful woman in a garden with grapes and behind her uh, castle. And she has um, a lovely dress on with Venus symbols, which stand for love and and, uh, beauty. And um, she has uh, piles of coins beside her on one side and the other, which stand for material accomplishments and goods. Her hair is done very beautifully. She has beautiful clothes on. She has two animals in her presence. One is a snail, 
and the other is a hawk. The hawk has a hood over its head. This represents this man that you have not yet met. Face. And um, when you have a, a person like this who you've not met face to face, he may become for you a, a good helper, the hawk that flies to help this woman. At the, her feet is a snail, and this is a man who comes too slowly and doesn't really participate. So it seems to me like you have a good choice here if you understand that if it doesn't develop fairly soon, it will not develop. But you should bring all of your best to it. And when you take that hood off the hawk's head, you'll know whether he will fly and be your and be your helper. It, it's going to be um, a good meeting, but you don't know yet. Okay, I'm going to turn this okay. over to Sister Girl. Thank you. Okay. Hi. Hi. Well, now, um, it, this looks like it is, this relationship, there's a question of timing. It's, uh, there's a question of divine divine timing or destined timing or, or a matter of timing with this because I get the four of coins. And the four of coins is, it, this has uh, been, a matter, it's a matter of time before you guys meet or it's a timing issue. Um, I think this person is unhappy with their with their life how it's turned out they they have some insecurities they don't feel that things have worked out for them the way that they wanted in life uh, because I hear I see the knight of coins here and he has his back to me I'm using the vice versa tarot so this is someone who's who has a low self esteem yes. and it may be because of past relationships um, however or it, I do get the death card which is telling mm-hmm. me that this, it's time things are changing, and this is a time that things are changing. However, this I then get the devil card, which is telling mm-hmm. me that this person is sort of in a uh, an unhealthy, maybe that he's bound up emotionally, or they're bound up emotionally, um, not a, not really free to, to to make their own decisions. And in order to have a relationship with you, I get the Ace of Swords, which would mean they would have to really rearrange their life. They would have to really rearrange things. Um, I'm not sure they're at liberty to do so. I think they keep you at uh, as some. I have the the Knight, of, the King of Coins here with his back to me, and I think that this person keeps you as um, kind of like the highlight of his day, maybe some bright spark that you know something special for himself. However. Um, I'm not sure, as I said, I'm not sure he's at liberty to meet you. Um, is this person in another relationship? No. Um, okay. And I'm the one who's put it off meeting him. Okay. Because you know, we technically, you know, talked, you know, three years ago, whatever, four years ago, but we didn't get into, had decided to have a relationship. Like, okay, you're going to be my girlfriend, I'm going to be your boyfriend, and we're going to focus on getting to know each other. You know, until about a, it was just over a year ago. It was like in uh, well, March of last year. And so well, he's like, a good we need time. to meet now. He says, well, we need to meet well, now. And I said, no, I want to meet on a good day. I used Magi Astrology, picked a good day in September. But then that was fine. And then six months later, he says, no, we can't meet in September because that's my mom's birthday. And I think he will, but it wasn't your mom's birthday six months ago, you know, but it's like, don't question me. I'm just not meeting and pick another day. So I found another day in August, to me at the end of August. So anyway, yeah. now he keeps 
pushing me and pushing me and saying that he wanted to meet yesterday or whatever. And I don't know why you want to meet. And I'm just like, because I'm getting to know you. You yeah, know, you're you know, you're you're you're, you're 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 sending double messages, hon. And this is that card that uh, that um, of the yeah. the lady who has a snail and a hawk. You got to make up your mind if you're going to do it, do it. But be very careful because what Sister Girl saw, the devil, there is some sort of enchainment there, and he may, in fact, be not able to be as free. That's what I saw in the card, the Wheel of Fortune, where they're looking in the books. You need to do some investigation. I this the card of the wheel of fortune really says change is on the way but you need to look deeper um your anxiety is your own that's not the 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 real problem the real problem here is you have to go ahead with the meeting because you'll never know otherwise um but when you know him when you look at him both of us I think agree you'll have an intuitive feeling there may be an enchainment. He may not be able to um, actually arrive like the snail. If he's a snail, he's out the out of the boat. Would you agree with that, Sister Girl? Yes. I, I do think she needs to investigate. And it, this um, will be a long process. Once you get to know him, it might be a long process for, for you to actually have a, a functional relationship. Yeah. He, has, he told me recently, just this week, a few days ago, back, we haven't talked now for... Since Friday morning, we have not talked, texted, nothing. It's like we're mad at each other. But he's told me a couple things, and a couple days before that, he said, "I have treated you so badly, but you let me. So what does that say about you?" Well, well, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. That now you're <laughs> like getting you're now you're getting in now you're getting into social issues that send up red flags. Um, yeah. Pers- personally, I y- your question was possibly the wrong question. Your question was, "Am I the only one he's wanting to meet?" When I was uh, for four years, you know, knowing Nagashiva before I met him, I you know I'm not even going to tell you the number of boyfriends I have because you'd think I was a slut. I mean, you know, who you who you see and what you do, but you know that's not the problem. The problem is he available. See, is he available? And the kind of statements that he's using about you, beware of a man who uses the word you. You let me. You want this. You need this. You ought to. No, no, no. All of those. Every time that word, you should see a red flag up. You, you, you. It's called you language. He should be saying, I love you. I want you. I'm ambivalent. I don't care. He should only be speaking of himself and you should only be speaking of yourself. And if the two of you agree, I want you, I want you too, then it's love. But if it's you don't, do, you know, just ignore people that talk in you language. They will. This is, goes way beyond Tarot, honey. This is like basic psychology. Anybody yeah. who starts to tell you what you think, have, do, feel, and be, fuck off. They go. They're gone. Let them talk to the wall. They should not be talking to a lady. Okay? Okay? There's a book called Games People Play (laughs) by Dr. Byrne. (laughs) Shiva just posted it because he knows I'm going to go there. Um, Yeah, you want to be very careful of people who use you language. It's unsuitable. It's absolutely. Don't even Mm -hmm. fight with it. Don't say, I don't like it when you use you words. Don't even say that because by then you're already fucked. You know, you've got to cut it off at the pass. Mm-hmm. They start saying you language, like you always blah blah. You just say, 
please speak for yourself. Please speak for yourself. That's your mantra. Okay? I don't have a lot of hope about this dude. And he might make it. There seems to be a strong attraction, but he's also, don't worry about who he's screwing on the side. That's not the point. If he finds you and loves you, then that's who he, he'll be with you. But, um, you know, people get jealous about people they haven't even had sex with. You have no call to be jealous about who he's fucking. But you do have call to be to know how he treats you. And that's where he's, that, that devil card, that that just sent a shiver down my spine. Sister Girl nailed that one, I think. There's a problem. Well, anytime I ever get the Ace of Swords uh, with in a relationship context, this person would have to do a lot of changes in order to really accommodate a relationship. And these are cha- these are he, they have deep rooted issues. So um, yeah, yeah. Well, know. let's we gotta let we gotta let Countryman okay. only give her the, the lady a little bit of root work advice here. I'm so sorry. We gotta bump okay. that up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I only have about a, a minute or so, so I'm going to speak really fast here. What I'm going to uh, give you here is not actually work directed towards him, but work for whenever you meet someone that you're, or you're going to go meet someone from online or whatnot. This is what I want you to do. To be honest with you, I wouldn't do this with him. Um, I'm going to be even more blunt than everyone else. What you just said was a serious, serious red flag. Any guy that says, you let me do whatever to you, you need to run the other way. Just going to say it, okay? Um, mm-hmm. If you meet someone online, you meet someone online and you're ready to meet that person, this is what I want you to do. Before you meet that person, prepare yourself spiritually. Bathe in catnip mixed with rose petal and some sugars. You can actually make this into a sugar scrub yep, and bathe petal with and it. Sugar. Rose petals, catnip, and sugar. Uh, you okay. can hear this again in the archives. So just let me go through okay. this because we don't have any time left, okay? Then while you're air drying, after you do this sugar scrub and you bathe with this, light a pink candle that you dress with come-to-me oil. And while you're air drying, ask that your ideal lover come to you, right, or that you meet them. And by light of that candle, I want you to write down what you're looking for in that person. It can be the qualities you've already seen them portray online and the qualities you're unsure if they have or not. Write it down on that list. Make it clear what it is you're looking for. If that person matches your list, great. If not, you'll know and you'll move on. Place that list under the candle. Let the candle burn down. Once it is finally burnt down, take the list out. Add a little bit of Love Me oil to your favorite perfume. Spray your perfume on the piece of paper and on yourself. And then carry that paper, the name, the petition paper, with the list of what you're looking for in your pocket or your purse and carry it with you wherever you go. Keep using that spray whenever you go out and you will find the person that matches that list wherever they are, whether you meet them online or you meet them in person. This will be a way to attract them to you. Wow. That's perfect, man. That is so good. Um, And all of the list of all of these ingredients will be in the chat room. Um, Amazing. Thank you, Contrary. I like the way you're going to wear it. Carry it in your pocket and wear it. That's good. All right, let's turn this over to Papa Newt. 
Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. And our next client is calling in from area code 512 in Texas. This is Artemis. Artemis, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, welcome to the show. I see this is your first time calling in. Thank you for entrusting us with your situation today. And let's see. It looks like you have not had any private readings with Ms. Kat Conjurman Ali or have gone to any other readers and root workers on this particular situation. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. Now, we had to do a little editing for just for on-air readability, just so you know. And Artemis writes, I am seeking spiritual guidance or spellcasting advice for my best friend of 15 years. She is in a relationship with a much older enabling man. And while she realizes this because of her addiction, she is not able to end it quickly. He is manipulating her and has isolated her from everyone, demanding all her attention. I love my friend, and it hurts to see her this way. I want her to realize that she's miserable and find a way to end this toxic relationship. Turn it back to you, Miss Kat. All right. I have one question, and um, it's nice to know that you're concerned and want to help your friend. The word addiction. I need to know, do you mean psychological, or do you mean that she has a drug addiction or alcohol addiction? She has a drug addiction. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. She has a drug addiction. She has a drug addiction. Okay, that's very important. So you were using the word literally. Good. Okay. That does create an issue, obviously, um, because it's very hard to do work for someone who has given control of their life to an addictive substance. All righty. We're going to turn this one over to Countryman Ali. Yeah, thanks for that. Um yeah, you're in a very difficult situation, and one thing I'm going to say before I actually give you the reading is whenever you're dealing with any type of, of addiction, um, you you have to understand that there are limitations to what there is you can do, what it is that you can do with that person. But one element of, of any type of mental health condition, addiction, illness, etc., is that it involves, uh, you know, a recognition that you can help but there's only so much you can do. That person needs to want help. Now, that's not to say that you should give up, but it's to recognize and to be honest with yourself of what you can and can't do. In other words, you cannot force a person to get better. Any form of magic that we give you will help to assist, will help to uh, improve, can give you uh, some, some help along the way, but it's not a quick fix, especially with addiction. There's no real healing from addiction. There's only managing it and living with it and controlling it. So this is something that, that you need to be aware of. And that doesn't mean you can't eliminate the person who is uh, enabling that addiction. And that's what the cards here really speak to. The very first card that I have is the Five of Cups. This is a person who is mourning and in despair, and they're wrapped in a cloak of darkness and sorrow, looking down at three spilled cups. This is very much a, a card of addiction. It's being uh, consumed by that addiction uh, and being unable to see the help, happiness, and 
proof that is available. If this person in the card were to simply turn around, they would see two perfectly good goblets behind them. Instead, all they can see are the spilled cups. Part of why she is with this person isn't just that he enables her. He certainly does. But there's a sense that this is what she deserves, or that's what she feels like. She feels like she deserves to be in this relationship. She feels like this is the guy deep down, a dark, scary part of her has convinced her that uh, she deserves this, that she deserves to be with this particular person, and that the uh, experience that she has, this, this, this moment is the happiest she could ever possibly be. She's unable to see the truth. She's unable to see that there is something better out there, that she does deserve better, that she deserves to be happy and healthy and free. So there's a, there's a deep sorrow in there. You're working with a psychological condition, not just an enemy who enables her. Much of what you're talking about involves, I mean, your entire kind of post is about this guy. This guy is a problem, but the true enemy lies within your friend. That is who she's struggling with. The man is simply a manifestation, a helper, a demon along the way. But the real devil is within, and that's what she's going to have to deal with. And it's not going to be easy. She's going to require a lot of help, and you have to ask if you are willing to, to, to put in the work that's going to be needed there. The next card is the Three of Swords. The Three of Swords tells us that the path forward is one with pain and a great deal of loss. Things are going to get worse before they get better. But it's also a card that tells us with a heart stabbed three times that uh, you are justified in doing break-up work to drive away this other person, to eliminate his hold and power over her because it's only when he's out of the picture that you can start to do the much deeper work of healing from within. You can do work to call a spiritual ally forward, work with the ancestors to really help, uh, work to eliminate the addiction or at least to, to uh, break its hold over her, and then most importantly, to get her the treatment and help that she needs. Addiction cannot be defeated without help. It needs help. It needs a social safety net. It needs allies. It needs work. Um, and so you'll need to, to recognize that. So you can break them up, but only with the understanding that that is the very first and superficial step. You are justified in removing this person, but then you must ask yourself if you are willing to commit to the healing of this person because she's going to need help, and you might need to hand this off. The final card that I have is the Queen of Swords. The Queen of Swords is a monarch of mercy. This is a woman who has seen some hard times, who has been abandoned and hurt, and who has come to her rule through experience, not just through birthright. Um, And so she is a bit hardened and, and has suffered But as a result, she has gained wisdom, experience, and is able to kind of bestow that as a form of mercy. An older woman is going to be very, very important here. An older woman who has gone through this, this might be a counselor, an addiction counselor, who has faced a similar circumstance of being in a uh, very difficult place emotionally and in regards to a relationship that enabled an addiction. This person is going to help guide her forward. She's going to create the steps that are needed. So you should be working with someone else, not just by yourself. It's going to require more than spiritual work. You can do some spiritual work, particularly with her ancestors, who I sense are going to be of of great use here. But you need to also do spiritual work to draw in this ally. I would consider uh, any root work that you do should involve some form of attraction, attraction to draw 
uh, a mental health and addiction specialist, a person who is uh, experienced in this particular matter and who likely will be an air sign. So that'll be kind of a giveaway. You'll know this person will be a Gemini or something of the sort, and you'll know that this is the person who will be able to help you. They may even wear a sort of a bracelet around their, their wrist, as this queen does herself, some type of prayer beads or mandalas or uh, around her wrist. She may wear one of those, and that will also be a sign by which you will know her. That's what I see here. Uh, it's a long road ahead, one that does have an end, but the end is far, far off. Um, but there is help that you can you can draw upon in order to help you get back. I'm going to turn this over uh, to a sister girl who's going to do your next greeting, and then we're going to have Ms. Kat give you some root work recommendations. Thank you. Hi there. Okay, so uh, this is a heartbreaking situation, and right for n- now, yes, you should do work. You should do root work. You should do candle work. You should do whatever work um, to break them up or to, to support her. However, there's not much physically that you can do right now. You're going to have to wait um, because I got the four of swords for now because you've got to wait until she comes to you. Uh, can I ask you, is there, does she still attend parties like that, you, that uh, the friends have or anything like this? No, she can barely leave okay. her house. Okay. If she ever could, that would be the time to um, to stage an intervention. So now, so then what I have for you there um, would be, I got the eight of coins, which is telling me you need to do root work. You're, you're showing up as the uh, queen of wands, and that's a very, um, that is a woman who can do this work and, and, and affect the change. However, I also get the, um, the page of want of wands here, and so that means she's in the fire of her addiction right now. She is really in it. So, um, and th- that's why there's not much you can do right now, um, except this work. I wouldn't go in there. I wouldn't try to save her. I wouldn't try to. I wouldn't try to do more than she's doing for herself right now. Uh, but the the good news is that with the eight of cups here that there is a chance for a new beginning. All is not lost. There, she still does have a chance for a new beginning, but things are unclear right now with the Wheel of Fortune. The Wheel of Fortune comes up telling you things are unclear right now. But I did see, I then get the Four of Wands, which tells me there is, you will have reason to celebrate. So I don't know if that's because she's going to come to you or because there's going to be a celebration that she's going to attend. If there is any chance that you guys can all organize, like, say, a party and she comes and you can scoop her up and do an intervention, I would do it. Otherwise, um, I do see here Nine of Cups, which is wish fulfillment, getting what you wish for. And I got the Magician, which is you working it spiritually, because that's the only way you can work it at this time without her um, coming forward. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, I wish we had more hopeful um, cards, but we really don't. The Magician, however, is a hopeful card um, for doing magic. Um, so I'm going to um, focus my ideas not so much on um, on how you can get her out of there, but how you can um, get her to seek help. The Magician is a person who uses love, the roses above, and um, 
and makes a garden below of lilies and roses and uses all of the elements, the four elements of magic, uh, earth, air, fire, and water. So I would arrange for her a few things that can be gifts that you could give her, or you can do what's called uh, do them by proxy. So as a gift, for instance, if you prepare or purchase for her some bath crystals that have clarity as their foundation, clarity bath crystals, or you can make some uh, bath crystals that have bay leaf in them and a few other things for clarity. depends on how you'd like to work, whether you'd like to make your own or buy them. Um, but clarity is though what you need in the word, world of the bath crystal. Try to see if you can get her to take a bath with these clarity bath crystals. Now, they don't have to say clarity bath crystals on there. You can buy clarity bath crystals, for instance, and just put them into a little uh, bag and say, um, here, here's some bath crystals and don't have that name on them. That's water. Earth is a coin. I want you to give her a coin that you have anointed and blessed and dressed and say, this coin, of course, nowadays we all have cell phones, but this coin is your token. If you need my help, send me this coin. Call me. Use this coin to phone me. This coin represents a link to your world of safety. Uh, some people will use, you know, AA or NA type coins. Just, you know, use this coin. Call somebody. Um, but a guardian angel coin might work, for instance. Just has a picture of an angel on it. Um, it doesn't have to be a monetary coin. Okay? And you want to dress that coin with clarity. Okay? Again, she needs to see um, what she's up against and what's going to happen. Okay, that is earth. Air. Air is prayer, and air is speech. You can also use incense for air. I want you to, using a a crystal ball or something of that nature, pray for her. Um, You can also combine it with fire, and I'll get that to a minute. But you want to say prayers for her, and you want to call her name into the wind, and say, and whatever her name is, so-and-so, come out of that place, come out, come back to the light, come to us. And I want you to do that every morning, noon, and night. Prayer three times a day. And you can post prayers for her at the Crystal Silence League. And um, others will pray for her as well. You don't want to use her name, but you can use her initials. Um, and the Crystal Silence League is an international group of people who will pray on behalf of other people. And it's at the org, and that is air. You can light an incense stick when you do the prayer and let the incense smoke waft out the window and, and say, wherever this goes, let, let her hear that prayer. And the final one is fire. So for fire, mostly people will use a candle. And you can combine it with the moment of prayer if you wish to. So uh, you can, for instance... Uh, light a candle, and then a small one, a tea light. It doesn't have to be a big candle. You do it once a day. You can do it once a week. You can do it three times a week. But you want to light a candle, make it be a white candle, dress it with clarity oil, okay? Uh, and um, that's what you're going to pray when you when you light that candle that she finds clarity. But you can walk away from the candle if you have it in a safe um 
uh, environment where it won't catch the house on fire, like in a metal bowl. And um, you can light the candle and say, as this candle burns, let her see this light of clarity. And then you don't have to sit there and be praying constantly for four or five hours while that candle burns. A small candle, a birthday candle or a tea light or a four-inch candle is often the most convenient. Some people like to burn those big vigil glasses. You may do that if you have a safe place to burn them. But I would recommend just a small light. And it should be white and dressed with clarity. So those are your four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. And you're going to pray for her and work for her um, her happiness and improvement. Okay? Now, does anyone else have anything else to add to this? No. No. Um, there's just not much you can do until someone in that condition is willing to help themselves. Well, Nagashi, that's a, that's a, you know, I, I agree. Uh, Kali Mojo Girl says, I've implored others' ancestors and angels to help that person approach that's them with an offering and earnestness. And, um, and she says she's had success, as if it were your own answers. That's a very good yeah. thing, Kali Mojo Girl. Yeah. To go to, to, when you pray, pray, if you know the names of her ancestors, or look them up online, or if you don't know them, just say, mother and father of so-and-so, grandmother and grandmother. Some point, that drug addiction, even if her parents were drug addicted, at some point in the background, there will be a strong ancestor who was not drug mm-hmm. addicted. And you'll say, you know, unknown grandmother of Miss so-and-so, now is the time you must come and guide her footsteps to the right path. You're your child is falling and failing. So and so must you must yeah. help. Okay, and, when, and it would be a female. That, we want it to be a female ancestor. Now, um, also, and I just want to read this out. Um, uh, Nagashiva mentioned a paper in the shoe or a mojo bag. You could give her a mojo bag, but I don't know that she would carry it. But you could put a paper um, in your shoe um, for. Um, the success of the work, but really, I, I'm going to kind of go against what Nagashiva here says because there's nobody really to control. Maybe him. You could put the man in your shoe and say, I hope that man dies quick, right? But that's about it. Miss Michael says, add crucible of courage to the work so she has courage to act on her insights. And Lucky Mojo, that's Nagashiva, says the coin could be placed in the bag. Take her to AA, so difficult. Does she have a sponsor working with them? Maybe important. Again, this is where that female comes yeah. in. So, Ali, you have something to say. Yeah, I was trying to say that I mentioned the ancestors uh, in the reading, and I agree with Kelly Mojo Girl. Uh, ancestor work here is going to be really important because your ancestors want to see you do well. So, calling her ancestors to help, to help extricate her from her this, extricate her from this situation, to help manifest this ally uh, or sponsor or uh, uh, this uh, addiction health specialist, all can be used. All can be done through the ancestors. One of the ways to cultivate ancestors that you don't know, especially if they're ancestors from someone else, is as you're doing the kind of prayer work, uh, make sure that you have a white candle going as an offering to them, but also leave out a bowl of Althea. Althea is a healing herb, but it also is a very powerful herb for attracting helper spirits, both healing helpers as well as spiritual helpers. So put out a bowl of that, call out to the ancestors, and that will help to build that connection and work with the Althea. You can actually grind that Althea up, you can burn it as an incense, and smoke that coin in the Althea. Uh, make sure that you place that, that coin on the same altar that you've got that white candle and the bowl of Althea. This is a way of building that kind of powerful connection and getting the ancestors to go and assist her. 
That's a really good thing. You can you can use it in many things. You, if you're going to make her a bath, for instance, beside the Clarity uh, products, which I mentioned, bay leaf, you can also put in a little althea. That's a very good thing to attract a helpful spirit um, and so forth. I think that as for the man, I'm going to just say one thing. Pray for him to get his just desserts. I don't think you need at this moment to say, oh, you must die, but I think you should pray for him to fall from grace and to his fall to be demonstrated for all to see. Good luck. This is a tough one. All righty. Well, we're going to go to our network announcement. Uh Uh-oh. There it is. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Sister Girl. Okay, so this is an attraction spell that it's a 21-day spell. Um, and what you'll need is three seven-knob candles. Uh, you're going to burn one knob down every day. You need a, a pen or a um, pencil uh, to, to inscribe in the candle. Uh, you need come-to-me oil. You need a pint of whiskey, and you need herbs. Now, if you want to attract, um, in general, it's catnip. If you, but if it's uh, for, for love and there's a gender, for a male, it's catnip. For a female, it is calamus. So you're going to prepare your whiskey with either catnip or calamus and just let it soak in there uh, and put that aside. You're going to write onto each knob of the seven-knob candle either the name of the person you want to meet or just in general, new love, new work, you know, so-and-so. And you're going to anoint the candle with come-to-me oil. Then each day you're going to light one knob or light the candle until one knob burns down. While it's burning, you're going to take your whiskey, go to your door, and sprinkle your door with that prepared whiskey just so that it'll draw to you what you want. So you're sprinkling your door to welcome that, to attract that, that thing you're asking for. And then you're going to extinguish the candle, and each day you're going to burn one knob down. And then after you finish that, just go to any social events or contact the person that you're... Um, that's your that you put on the candle and see what happens. Wow. So that is a very old school, very mm. direct spell. I really like that one. And um the the idea of catnip and calamus, I'd like to just add a little thought about that. Why do we say catnip and calamus? Well, catnip is something of course that cats love and um Mm-hmm. And cats are called pussies, and ladies' genitals are called pussies. And catnip is a kind of soft and fluffy little herb, and it's very attractive. And um, so it just has that reputation of being a 
female kind of attractor. Calamus, if you've ever seen a picture of it, and if you haven't, go online and look. It's a little plant that grows by the water, and when it goes to make its um, flower and fruiting body, it just shoots up like a, well, like a big old male erection. And Mm -hmm. um, it, it has been associated with men just forever because of that. Um, it's just one of those things. It just you know the the doctrine of signatures decrees. Catnip yeah. is female, calamus is male. So that's why she said that. Now you could pick some other herb, and there are others. You know, rose petals and all these other things. But catnip and calamus have just have those reputations in our uh, historical culture. They also have a very similar effect. Most people think of calamus as like a sort of compelling herb, and it is. But in the same way that catnip has a sort of hot effect on men, it brings the men around, so too does calamus have a hot effect on women. You can use, men can use calamus in that way to draw women to them. So they have, they're, they're, they're interesting kind of parallels there between the two. They mirror each other in the effect that they have. Yeah, there are a couple of other herbs I'd like to mention in that regard because um, calamus is part of the Jewish temple holy oil, but also in in that is cinnamon, which is um, mm-hmm. a hot and uh, masculine, and myrrh, which is which is soft and feminine and and very night queen of the night kind of thing. So when you work with herbs, often we we look at the effect that those herbs or those essential oils have on us, and um, now, uh, there's another thing about this spell that I want to mention. 21 days. Mm-hmm. Um, now, am I right, Sister Girl, that comes out of your leukemia training? No, no, that actually comes from the hoodoo information I've been able to find. Okay, great. Well, that's funny because it's a, it's one of those things. Uh, it's the power of three times seven. Seven, seven is the lucky number. Three is the lucky number. Three times seven is 21. There is in... Um, among my Santeria Lucumi friends, there's an emphasis on 21. And now you'd have to tell me, um, isn't that associated with one of the deities, though? Yes, it is. That's associated yeah. with Elegua, who's the road Elegua. opener. That's right, the road opener. So it's kind of appropriate that it just happens to work out that Hoodoo, three times seven, mm-hmm. and, and Elegua, opening new roads, just happen to coincide on this spell. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they came from yeah. the same culture, but it, it just shows that there they are. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's similarity mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's interesting that uh, I, you know, growing up and learning about hoodoo and conjure, uh, especially in Virginian conjure, almost all love work that we did was either seven days or 21 days. Mm-hmm. Any wow. type of kind of long term or seven or 21. Yeah, that's the way I was, you know, I I, I was taught a 21-day follow-me-boy spell. 21 yeah, days is yeah. very common in hoodoo, um, and, but it's seen as three weeks, three being the, you know, because most practitioners of hoodoo are Christian, so they have the, the trinity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a trinity of seven, seven days of the week, and that makes a great number, 21. It used to be that you were only allowed to vote when you were 21. You were only allowed to drink when you were 21. Now those numbers have changed, but... The idea that at, at the age of 21 you achieved your ability to be a fully functional adult also mm. relates to the number 21 to love, because now you are able to uh, embark on your adulthood. I wanted to ask, was there? I, I might have missed it, but was there a particular time you would start or do this particular working? 
You know, I don't work like that. I guess I okay. would say don't. I, I would not do it at midnight. I wouldn't do it like mm-hmm. that. I would. I think any time of the day up until midnight. I just wouldn't work with the hands of the clock falling down because you don't want to. You don't want your mm-hmm. attraction to decrease. You know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. There's another. Mm-hmm. There's another thing about that. A lot of people would work um, at dawn, and then people say, "Why do you light a candle at dawn? The sun's already up." You know, it's like, uh, "Why would you light a candle <laughs> to light the day?" But the lighting of the candle is an offering as much as it is a form of light. If you were yeah. going to work at night, one, one old lady once told me. She said, "Well, you do this work, uh, and, and you do it uh, at nine o'clock." And I said, 9 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock at night? She goes, well, if you're at oh, work at 9, because she was like, if you're at work at 9, you can't light the candle at 9 in the morning, but you can light it at 9 at night. Nobody works 12 hours a day. She said they work 8 hours. So whichever it is, just do it at 9. And I thought, what a cool uh, idea she had there. So I passed that along for only what it's thing worth. I would say, only thing I would say is do it at the same time each day. Yes. Oh ah, yes. yes, consistency. That is so true, especially that you hit on something very important there, which is the magic of repetition. And um, yes, you're going to set aside a time to do that, whether it's six, nine, whatever number comes up for you, but you want to do it at the same time every day or night. Very important point. That's um, that's so important when building energy for a spell like this. All right. Well. Thank you so much, Sister Girl. There is our theme music. So, yeah, that's a really good good one. Um, we're going to turn this over to Papa Newt. He's going to make our announcements. And then uh, we'll come back and I'll make a couple of little more statements. And then we'll all say goodbye. But let's get Papa Newt in first. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. And thank you, Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Miss Michael of HoodooFoundry.com in Willits, California, bringing us the topic on political magic and new thought. Part 2. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraband Ali at theContraband.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining from papanewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.com. HTML. For all of us at Lucky Much, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you, Papa Noon. Okay, now we have a few more little things to say before we go. Number one, get your tickets for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. This is so important. Mm-hmm. And then um, if you are uh, a student of mine who's graduated, come on out for that free apprenticeship training. There ain't going to be nothing like that elsewhere in the world. It's free. It's five days. You'll enjoy it. Yes, you got to pay your own room and board, but, you know, that's life. You'd have to be eating and, and sleeping somewhere anyway. All right. Now, the other thing is we have new books coming out. Uh, we have The Secret of Numbers Revealed, Secrets of the Crystal Silence League, and we have The Red Folder. If you don't pick them up at the festival, you can place your pre-orders now, and we will hold your orders, and we will ship them on the week of May 13th. Good night. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.